Are you tired of all the dating games, rules, and societal norms that make falling in love confusing and stressful? Then join us as we ditch the script and empower you to establish healthy, conscious relationships. This weekly podcast breaks down popular dating reality television and educates you on healthy versus toxic dating habits. I'm Brianna, a licensed therapist. And I'm Alex, a trauma-informed and certified narcissist recovery coach. Are you ready to ditch the script? Sunday. How are you? Mm -hmm. Girl, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling all the things like I kind of was telling you before, like this heavy full moon energy, but also like I'm feeling like summer and happy. So I'm kind of all over the place, but in like a good way, not in a negative way, you know? I, can I tell you, I didn't share this with you earlier, but like, um, with it being a full moon, I don't know if I would typically am taking and taking inventory on how that affects me. But this one, I took inventory and it was weird in this yeah. space over here. Yeah. A lot well, of a lot I of mean, weird stuff happened during the, the full moon for me. Yeah, we're we're spritzing over here. Um oh, good. I so this full moon and I want everyone to know like I am fascinated as is fuck with all like the planets and moon this and that and phases and but I don't know a lot about it so if this is your zone of genius and I'm saying something that's not 100% accurate please feel the free feel free to reach out and let me know what I screwed up but this full moon's in Scorpio so like the nodes are changing and all this stuff which is why I feel this moon has been more energetically heavy than previous moons and I look I read a lot about that so like yeah this is my witchy like woo woo side coming out but you know if the moon can impact the tide the tides and like how the ocean you know I think it can impact us too you know oh my god wait that just reminded me I was talking about the new moon with the person that I've been uh seeing and (laughs) I kept referring to her as her and he was like why do you keep ref- why do you why is she a she and I was like well first of all everything's a she <laughs> even if she's not a she she's a she um second of all why wouldn't the moon be a, a she and have like f- feminine energy she operates on a 30-day cycle Hell, for one and she controls the ocean or she controls the tides which to me, in my brain that doesn't know a lot about the ocean, I'm like, she exactly. controls the me ocean? Too. Me too. I'm like, yeah. she has so much fucking power. Yeah. She's a she. She's a and she. I will not be dis- I will not be discussing it further. One hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Back off. Back off with any manly loon manly loon? Man <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, manly, yeah, yeah. Manly moon shit. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, because I'm with you. Like, sometimes we have a full moon and I'm like, I don't feel as heavy, but this one was really heavy. Yeah, so, this one was weird. This one was yeah. weird. I mean, Twice. some of these things were probably like uh, logistical errors on my own part, but I told you <laughs> that I was moving a dining table that I got off of Facebook Marketplace <laughs> on the bed of a truck. This is such and, a good story, though. And then it <laughs> fell off of the bed of the truck, and the while moving this while moving this table. No, you know what? I was going to bring this up because I'm I'm really fed up with Florida. 
you and I were talking about this a little bit. Girl, I tried to warn you. I was like, <laughs> why? Come to California. Okay, I'm go. so fed up with Florida. I'm fed up with Florida for obviously like the the local political like challenges that are happening. First and foremost, that will That's that will to continue to be yeah, that will continue to be the point of frustration when it comes to living in Florida and being a Floridian. Like this this state really needs to get its fucking shit together, and I'm so tired of it. <laughs> And maybe what that's I why really you're there. <laughs> lead the charge, or, or at least participate in the charges that are already happening. But what's really what really pushed me over the edge about about Florida is to show up to move this heavy piece of furniture. This is a picnic table. It looks more picnic than it it's ever like has before in its life. Yeah, I know. it's solid wood. It looks way more picnic than it ever did at its first listing and my first showing of it because it did That's fall so off the true. bed of a truck. Yeah. However, yeah, it's so scuffed. It's an absolute nightmare. I, I but it, it is heavy furniture and the person who shows up to help me not wearing a single shoe, not wearing a single sock. <laughs> and then the person that we're picking it up from uh, who previously owned it, not wearing a single shoe, nor, nay, a single sock. There are three people and one pair of shoes, and I have them. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And then I told you this, and you were like, I used to move. <laughs> yeah, you were like, this tracks. I used to move every move, and you've moved a lot, every yeah. move in flip-flops. And I was like, that's so crazy. That's it crazy. Is. I think... I think it wasn't until I was in Virginia where I moved like three times in a year where I was like, fuck this sneakers it is. And then I changed my ways. But yeah, like we did everything in in flip flops and I still kind of walk around barefoot quite a bit. Like, yeah, I don't have an issue going out to the mailbox barefoot. I probably should, but whatever. We're working. We're working on it. I just like, like I get it. Shoes are a burden here. I understand, but like. I'm going to need some people to close up their toes on like specific occasions. And for me, that's moving anything, any heavy furniture, like spare yourself the hospital bill. Second, at the bar, any establishment at nighttime, please close up them toes. I know you're like, oh, girl, no. (laughs) I do sometimes wear flip-flops out, especially if I'm going to a dive bar. I don't give a fuck. But that's okay. You can judge me. You know, guys? Okay. I paint my toes. I know. I think, like, uh, yeah, it does. It's just, like, also, it's a, okay, crux for me, it's safety. At a dive bar, flip-flops, unsafe. Unsafe. I like living life on the edge. It's the Steve-O in me. This is how he comes out, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I might not put bees on my genitals. But flip-flops oh, in a dive yeah. bar, I will risk it. You'll do it. You and know? I don't know what it is. Like, I will do lots of things that are, like, borderline unsafe. But then, like, sometimes I am, like, this grown adult hall monitor where I'm, like, wear your shoes. So, I like, we're all I love hypocrites. that about you, though. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love you. Okay. Uh, I love you, too. That okay. was fun. Um, but something that I actually wanted to talk about um, in this moment is the phenomenon of, and I don't know if everyone experiences this, but I know enough of us do for me to be able to be like, this has got to be a thing. But I can tell you, maybe I'll just speak for myself. Every time I am in the, in a new relationship, 
in the beginning stages of that relationship is when other people are attracted to me all of the time. Yeah. yeah. Like I can think, I can pinpoint to all of my past relationships where I just started dating someone and, and other people around me were like, trying to see what was going on with me. And then I'd have to be like, actually, sorry, I'm unavail at this time. And I yeah. wanted to know, unavail. unavail, does this happen to you? Has this been happening to you at any time of your life? Has this ever been a trend? Um, Recently, yeah, 100%. I, if I'm going to be honest, like I can't, my, I haven't sat with this question enough to like look back on past relationships, but right now, currently, 100%. It's happening. And... I do think that this, yes, it is happening. And I think, I don't think, I, I, I would venture to say I know why this happens. Okay, tell me why. Because I want to know. I don't know why. I think it's my hormones, but it's not. Exactly. Yeah. It's like (laughs) when we are, when we're connecting with someone and we have that lovely oxytocin hormone flowing through our veins and like we're getting high on ourselves because we're doing predate rituals and we're feeling like our confident badass and like we're having sex and that energy is like being explored. We become more magnetic because of how we're carrying ourselves and the energy that we're in, right? It's exciting, Mm -hmm. it's flirty, it's sexy, it's fun, it's new, it feels spontaneous, and you have all the butterfly energy. And it's just like, of course, we're going to be more magnetic during that time, Mm -hmm. you know? And it, it, like, just to reiterate, is it because of the energy that we're putting into ourselves and that's also sort of flowing and exchanging with another being that is making us also feel... really quite 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 luminous yeah and then we create this energetic vortex of like Mm. come to me you know yeah okay i do think second question okay how do we bottle that up and and how can someone create that that isn't already sharing that energy with another person i love this um i'm gonna say ritual time baby like i I think far too often people get screwed up in this idea here that that what I just described can only come if we're dating someone else, but that's not true. It starts with me, right? right. So like right. a couple of weeks ago we were talking about predate rituals and like how I get high right. on myself before I meet someone or like, you know, and I really, I was talking to you about this privately, but like I've started doing the same thing for social media content and batching content, you know, like I'm going to have a pre-date ritual with myself before I batch 20 TikToks or whatever it is. Right. And it really does create this sense of like, I motherfucking got this. And like, we feel so good and we feel so alive and so connected to ourselves. And so the way that we bottle that up is making that a regular practice for us for no other reason than feeling good and connecting with ourselves. So like, something that I love to do that makes me feel sexy and like this is to each their own right but like I fucking love pole fitness classes right or shaking my butt learning how to twerk if that's something that you want to learn how to do I know it sounds so kitschy and like really you're Mm -mm. telling people to go shake their ass but it's like y'all shake your butts grab your boobs like I'm talking to women right now but like Mm. touch yourself feel comfy with you get fun lingerie Mm. put panties on that you Mm -hmm. like spray some yummy smells that make you feel good right and mm-hmm. sexy it's like just do it just do it do mm-hmm. the things that make you feel so alive if that's crafting amaze do it if that's going to the beach and surfing do it right yeah. like find whatever it is that lights your heart and soul on fire and make that like it's a non-negotiable like 
keep that in your life because the second that we alienate ourselves from the things that bring that kind of connection with self is when we drop the energy is when we can't when we feel like we can't connect to, to ourselves so yeah that's my that's I got really passionate there <laughs> sorry thank you but no, not yeah. sorry at all exactly yeah like okay. I really believe that that's the secret sauce okay yeah all right so and I'm even thinking about how this can be applied to a relationship that's been going on for a really long time uh, you're in a longer relationship. Yeah. Cause I like, okay, so we covered, this is what's happening when you're like in the beginning of a relationship and all of those feelings are sort of like organically coming from you and through you. Uh, and then we're talking about how do we cultivate this if we're not in an energetic exchange with another person at the beginning of like mm -hmm. that sexy, like flirtatious, uh, vibes are very high part of a new relationship. But I think, uh, relationships that have been going on for a really long time could also use a little bit of this injection 100%. into their world. And I think it's not always necessarily going to start with how do I engage with this in, with my partner, but starting it from yourself and maybe letting your partner in on what it is that you're doing. Partners always don't always want to be like, not everyone's going to be like, oh, I see that you're doing energy work for yourself and you're putting time into yourself. Like, that means I have to do it with you. That's going to also maybe feel like a request that feels like a chore. But can you let your partner in enough to let them know what you're trying to do, where it's coming from, what you want for yourself? And then if they see elements of that practice, maybe it's something that they that inspires yeah. them a little bit. 100. There's something else I want to say about the couple situation here too. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's this myth that a lot of people uh, buy into subconsciously. I, I don't think it's anyone like choosing this belief. I think this is a belief that like we have through society and rom-coms and all this shit. But it's like when you're in a quote unquote happy, successful relationship, um, you do everything together. And I want to call bullshit on this because I think that when we feel this kind of pressure that like, if I'm going out, you have to go out with me. If I'm having dinner at home, you're having dinner at home with me. If I'm going to the gym, we're going to the gym together. Like, like there's just this cadence that can kind of happen where the aspects of our lives that we had when we were single that made us feel most alive, we lose sight of when we get into relationship because of this like, well, now that I'm with you, I can't have my girl nights or my guy nights. And I want to say that's actually one of the worst things you can do for yourself. I really yeah. truly feel that having time outside of the relationship and having time with friends that you can get excited about and with and be able to share what's going on in your life that, you know, you're on your own time away from your partner. I really believe that that allows the partnership to blossom more because it's this sense of like absence makes the heart grow fonder. But also not only that, it takes some of the fucking pressure off your partner, right? Mm. I think like when our partner is the only one that we're going to constantly to vent and like hold, hold space for us and like be there for us. It's like sometimes they need a tap out too. Sometimes they need to be like, look, I love you and I want to be here for you. And at the same time, like I need time for myself and I need time for with my people and giving that mm -hmm. to them on all genders and in all types of different relationships, it is going to fuel this camaraderie and this ebb and flow that you guys mm. navigate together. 
which will then stoke the flames of the relationship. That's why I wanted to touch mm, on it all. I like that. I like that a lot. Esther Perel talks about that a lot in, in regards to there. it doesn't make any sense that our society has progressed towards partnerships need to be the source and solution for every single stressor and challenge that you face as an individual. We, we come no. from a history. Yeah. We actually come from a history of having uh, our individual needs met through a community of people, not just, they, we used to come from villages. Tribes. And so therefore, yep. yeah, tribes and villages in which there was lots of ways to source your energy and to support your needs and whatever it is. And we did that for each other. And we've, because of our, the, the development of our individualistic society, it's like all of this comes from a now pressure cooker of needing it to be, uh, treated, resolved, and maintained, and flourished just within two people. We right. are still human beings. It's just never going to be the case. So we have to stop expecting that that's like the gold standard and it's, that's, that's what we're striving for. It will be the death of our relationships. 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay, we did okay. it. Um, Love is Blind, Season 4, Episodes 9 and 10. Not blind. <laughs> <laughs> which we further confirm with jackie in this episode um yeah yo dude this got real i mean i said this last week but i'm gonna say it again it's shit it's cardi b shit's getting real yeah <laughs> i just can't all i can think of right now is that mimi video of her um yeah it's it's got it got really icky <laughs> this go yeah. around yeah, um, these episodes were interesting. I have interesting thoughts about Chelsea and Kwame. I have interesting thoughts yes. about... Uh, oh, God. I have, like, almost zero notes on Paul and Micah. I don't know about you. Let me look. Um, and Josh and... Jo yeah. uh, Jack Jackie and Marshall uh, plus Josh, that's obviously a big thing. We'll get into that. We we'll want to talk about Tiffany and Brett. And Zach and Bliss. Oh my God, meeting parents. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where are we starting? Um. Hmm. I know, right? <laughs> it's like, do we want to save Jackie and Marshall for the end? I think so. Great. I think so. So, Kwame, Ch Chelsea, or Zach and Bliss, or Tiffany and Brett. Let's talk about Tiffany and Brett. Let's start from a happy place. Okay. Okay. Context, everyone is gearing up to prepare for their weddings in five days or four days, yeah. depending on which episode is being uh, filmed. And, like, we just – that's sort of what's going on in everyone's worlds. Families sort of in town or not in town, as we learned from Kwame. And it's mm -hmm. just – we're meeting a lot of the rest of the, the families. We're getting prepared right. for the weddings. And we're here, yeah, we're seeing a lot of the friend stuff. We're seeing the preparation of the weddings, like going dress shopping, going suit shopping, fittings, all of these things. And I think what I want people to remember is that there, and maybe even for ourselves as we talk about this, there is a lot of heightened emotions. There is a lot of heightened stress. If you had to imagine for yourself hosting a party with all of your family or your friends, and I don't know about you, but that in, would incredibly stress me out, is stressful, the idea of me even just throwing a couple of different friends that don't know each other together in a room. So I can't even imagine. And what we're seeing with That's Tiffany real. is like, yeah, 
Tiffany is feeling the impact of preparing for a wedding. Like, this isn't just, this is what how I feel. This isn't just like a made-for-TV wedding for Tiffany because she feels so strongly about Brett. She's like, this is my wedding. Yeah. This is my wedding. This is not, we're just going to see how it goes and let's just make sure it looks nice and like, like maybe yeah. maybe we'll say yes to each other. I think that the two of them know that they're going to say yes to each other. Agreed. And I think that she's just dealing with the stress that comes from being a person who's got to deal right. with. Yeah. 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 Like real people shit. But what I you loved know, about what we saw. What? No, keep going. What I just loved about what we saw is she like really like, I mean, I was obviously getting to her and she really just let yeah. herself be vulnerable and be held literally by Brett. And he just really did it for her and I'll take a break before we talk about why that was so good no I love it I loved it too. <laughs> um, oh Brett gold star Brett yeah. I love Brett I love Brett for Tiffany. I love Tiffany too I also I agree I also love Tiffany and I have things to say about Tiffany um mm. yeah <laughs> I, the thought that came up while I was hearing you say this is like, if I was working in this, on this show, if I was part of the crew, you know, the day where love is blind hires us to come in and like counsel these people. Um, cause that's going to happen. I literally would be like, mm -hmm. Tiff, I hear you. And what if we did a micro version of this wedding to get through the show and then did a real, real wedding? down the road like maybe in six mm -hmm. months because mm -hmm. the i i hear i agree with you i think that she is so like they're gonna say i have a feeling they're gonna say yes to each other they're great they're great for one another especially with what we've seen so far and i truly believe that like you said the reason she's so anxious is because she's like this is the wedding day that i've been dreaming of since i was a child and that amount of pressure based off the cookie cutter wedding that love is blind pumps out for these people. Cause it's the same totally. venue. It's the same guest count. Like you don't have much leeway and it's really hard to totally. take a woman who's been fantasizing about her wedding days since she was probably nine, 10, 11 years old. And mm -hmm. now she's 36 and she is kind of handcuffed with like, this is what you're allowed to do in the space. And this is how many people you're allowed to invite. Like that has to be inducing even more anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I just like, this is not, I mean, for those of you out there who might be feeling, cause like, I'm definitely of the mindset that if, when I decide to get married again, like I don't need a big fucking party. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'm happy to do it for my friends and like with, for, with my person to like celebrate us and our love. But like, I don't need to have this. So like someone like myself being put in this situation is going to not be as stressed out is someone who's like, this is, I've envisioned it like this for so fucking long. Mm. And now I have to not do it that way. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, let's talk about the stuff that actually matters in this meaning. Like, like how Brett, you, how Brett dealt with yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. The thing that was the best part of Brett's immediate responses, it went like this. So mm -hmm. Tiffany's starting to talk about the stress that she feels and she's doing a really good job of, like allowing her to find whatever language is accessible to her to describe what she's feeling, what she's thinking about and why it's hard for her. So she gets some credit there. Brett first, cause she starts to get really emotional, start, starts crying. He just hugs her. 
Mm. He just hugs her. He just holds her. There's no agenda. It's just this person needs comfort. This person needs to be held. I'm here. I've got you. We're okay. He, they basically co-regulate until she starts to feel regulated and then she can speak again. And then as he's listening, what he tells her, he was like, with everything that's going on, it makes perfect sense why you feel the way that you're feeling. That is grade A validation. That's, I have no notes. Snaps for Brett. Yeah, me too. No I literally notes. just said, I'm going to read exactly what my note says. I said, he just listens. Amaze. I think far too often people are eager to shift their partner's mindset or mood, but this is toxic positivity. The heart desires to be validated is what I put. Yeah. And it's like, we, you know, and, and almost... Like we, we, we're coming from a good place when we want to encourage people to reframe. So I want to make space for like, if you're that person that you find yourself with your partner and they bring things up and you're eager to be like, but it's not going to be like this forever, but I'm here with you and we're going to see it through. Like it's coming from a good place and without the malicious intent, you are invalidating your partner's current state. And so be with them where they are. And take a moment to be like, exactly like what Brett demonstrates, like, hey, there, that is a lot. Yeah. And, with, when, and it's happening really fast. And it's maybe not happening in the way that you thought or envisioned it happening, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that is enough to allow the person having the emotional experience to decompress. Mm-hmm. So I I loved it. It was a beautiful moment. And I, I really think that, Brett and Tiffany are demonstrating to us how these icky conversations can actually become not so icky when we take the time to first validate. And I'm really thankful for their demonstration of that because I yeah. think the world needs way more of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you don't have to do much. You really don't. You just have to express a little bit of an understanding genuinely that what someone – where someone is coming from makes sense that they feel the way that they feel. I think people fear that that would be endorsing what they imagine could be like uh, uh, an elevated emotional response. Some would say like an overreaction. It's not an overreaction. It's just, it's just an emotional response to the stressor that is likely to shift and maybe even come down a little. I think that people fear if I validate it, am I endorsing what's happening and the answer is no you're just meeting someone where they're at and when this person is more available to be in a problem solving phase of this pro of this challenge like that's when we shift gears right yeah um and i think i don't know if i had anything else about how they did that but yeah, I, I think that he just he just he crushed it and I'd like to see more of it and I thought that they made a really good example. They really did. Yeah. It was it was great. Um, okay. So next, where do you want to go? Yeah, let's talk about let's Tiffany talk about Well, I mean, I don't really have any other notes about them. I'm curious if you do because I we know that Tiffany meets Brett's friends. And I thought that that was really nice. It was really like just the two of them talking about how much they care about each other and why they love each other so much. And like, just like, it's, uh, what else is there to say about it? The one thing I, 
want to take a moment just to sprinkle in here and we don't need to stay on this long is tiffany expressed feeling pressure to ensure that her friends and family see brett the way that she sees brett but the reality Mm. is we can't control that and i think a lot of people feel that when introducing a partner that they really like to their friend group or their family they're like oh my god i hope they get it i hope they see in him what i see in him but what i want to encourage all of us to do is to trust that this person will continue to be this person and in time they will get it right because it's like putting the pressure on your friends and family to see or engage with this person in a way that you know will bring will make them get it is going to create more friction than necessary and putting the pressure on in this case brett or for the people listening your partner to be a certain way or to show up a certain way so that your friends and family will approve you're going to make ick stuff happen that you don't desire to happen instead lean back trust that this person's going to continue to be this person and demonstrate their beautiful qualities that you saw to these people and they will get it in time like that's totally. all i wanted to say on that yeah absolutely i agree I, you can't you you have to allow people to just be themselves in these spaces and yep. let people surprise you i get it i am this yeah. person i get really nervous i'm like if this person says something that's going to piss off the other person, like, how am I going to deal with that? And is that going to reflect on me? And like, what's going to happen? And blah, 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 blah. I can get like that in my brain. And I, it's just like, I don't want to have to be in a position to defend a person in my life to another person in my life. And it's a valid point of concern. However, out of my control and I can make matters worse by being like, don't say that thing or don't do that thing. It's like, let someone just be themselves. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, maybe related, to, I want to talk a little bit about Zach and Bliss. Zach and okay. Bliss meet. So Zach meets Bliss's mom and her sisters. And then later on meets Bliss's dad, stepmom, and her half-siblings, uh, who are a little bit younger and honestly not quite relevant to the <laughs> conversation. And I think, I think in just jumping off of where we came from, I think Bliss did a pretty good job of not trying to overmanage Zach to tailor to what she thought yes. could work for her dad. Because obviously, and we'll go into this a little bit more. Um, I'll just say this for now. Zach, I mean, Bliss's dad is clearly someone who is difficult to please. And I like that. Bliss let Zach know that, but she didn't give him instructions to be like, and this is what I think you should do to try to like make it work with him. She was just like, listen, hopefully my dad's nice. Hopefully this goes well. We're going to fucking see what happens. And she really just spent all of that time practicing grounding her own self and like standing her own ground, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, we saw a little bit of their dynamic that is like maybe not so resolved after many, many years. I screamed at you at the TV at this guy. He was a little prick. Yeah. I'll yeah, say it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. He was a brick. Yeah. He was a Yeah. Yeah. He was something. He was being a dick just for the sake <laughs> of being a dick. Like Yeah, he was. You know? Yeah. Um I actually have a lot to say about that conversation, but I do want to start with Bliss and her family. So her mom. I think it's yeah, her her mom, sorry. Yeah. Her mom and sisters. And um I want to actually give a gold star to Zach because he did something really 
hard and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but in my mind, it was quote unquote, the right thing to do. And that was to tell her family about Irina and how he picked Irina first and then realized how quickly, how bad of a decision that was, and then went back to bliss. And, um, the reason I want to give him a huge pat on the back for this is because it's uncomfortable. He could have not. He could have not. He could have chose to like save that conversation for after they tied the knot. He really could have. He could have not told them anything and just let them find out by watching Netflix back, which would have been, in my opinion, awful. Worse. That would have been And instead, worse. at the first opportunity, literally meeting these people, he sat down and admitted something that was a bad decision of his and owned it completely and opened the floor for questions, comments, concerns. And I, I want to give him a huge pat on the back because that had to have been so terrifying. Um. What about yeah. you? I'm curious to know if anything other than – I mean, you're welcome to add on to that or if there's another part of the conversation you want to bring up. I mean, like, wow. I thought that that – I thought that that was I, – I also thought that that was huge. And I think that he did a good job of finding the right words, if there are the right words to describe what that was like for him. Yeah. I think he did a pretty good job of just speaking from the heart and, like, letting him know uh, – letting them know what that was. I think – I want to give Bliss a little bit of credit for acknowledging that this is a thing that she brings up a lot. She's not really acknowledging it in the way that I would like her to, which is like right. maybe I should stop bringing it up after a while. But I, I'm. It was good to, because of you know what we were talking about last week. It was nice to hear that she's aware that she continues to like bring it up. Yeah. Um, but I just, I really appreciated her family. I appreciated. I, okay. Now I'm remembering something that was really, really lovely to see is Ooh. Zach starts to talk about the Irina process yeah. or like the engagement flow of yeah. things. And he noted, he was like, I can tell that this is already making Bliss uncomfortable, just starting to talk about it. Yeah. And Bliss was like, hey, she was like, I'm okay. And I then I, so I appreciated that he named that to quite, yeah. kind of facilitate a little bit of a check-in. Like, hey, like, guess. is this appropriate? Yep. Yeah. Is this appropriate? Should I keep going? Like, do you guys, are we, are we talking about this right now? Yep. Bliss was like, that's totally fine. This is okay. We should talk about it. And then she was like, oh, okay. You're really telling everyone. He was like, yep. Um, and then I appreciated that her, her mom and her sisters were sort of like, it allowed them to be like, to sort of adjust and calibrate to, oh, we're about, we're about to hear some stuff that maybe we don't, we won't like Why hearing, but, yeah. but they also sort of gave consent. They're like, keep telling us like we want to hear it. So I thought that that just created a lot of group cohesion to tackle a really difficult conversation. Yeah. And yeah. I think that we see that more in provider structured settings. Yes. And not loose family settings. Um yeah. where it's like, "Hey, is everyone on board with what's happening because this is about to get a little a little uneasy, yeah, a little uncomfortable." And they somehow manage that, which just honestly to me, if I could make a guess myself, it talks about the cohesion between Bliss and her mom's side of the yeah. family. And and also like this facilitated trust between Bliss and Zach and Bliss and mom, which allows for I trust Bliss and I can tell that Bliss trusts you. So I'm choosing to lean in, listen and trust right. you as well. Um, so beautiful. And what we ended up getting to at the end is like, 
Zach being a little bit more vulnerable about his backstory and where he comes from, sharing just like the need to know information um, about maybe some of his insecurities with like meeting new family. And Bliss's mom just said something that was so beautiful that she did not need to say, but she said it because she felt it. She was like, if you become a part of our family, like I'll be your mom. Yeah. Which was amazing. I don't know what that was like for him to hear that. He didn't really reflect on it. I kind of wanted to hear yeah yeah um maybe i mean yeah we'll see i feel like zach is open to receiving that i don't think Mm. he is in the mindset of like someone saying that it's a replacement of it's way more of a addition to right yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful conversation to watch especially because of how uncomfortable it could have been it's like it kind of reminds me do you remember the first time I was like Brie I have to have an uncomfortable conversation with you is now a good time and you were like I'm strapped in right like it kind of it allows people to breathe and like Mm -hmm. prepare themselves for what is about to come next and when Mm. we can equip our partners our friends whoever we're talking to in this in these types of dynamics ahead of time they're in the conversation with us instead of us just talking at them right so yeah. it was nice to see to see that happen. Now we go over to Bliss's father. Yeah. And, you know, his new, I think it's his new wife and her brother and sister on that side. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a half-brother, sister, or brother, sister. I'm not quite sure. Um, but I got right from the get, like, an ick vibe from this guy. Like, well, how did you feel about him when you when he first entered the space? I did not feel any kind of warmth. No, I didn't either. I think it was an immediate sizing up of the situation, yes. which Bliss Bliss called because, which just for context, like she says, she's like, my dad has never really seen anyone that I've dated as like good enough for me, which I think almost kind of similar to like what we were talking about with Micah's girlfriend from last week's episode. Uh, yeah. where it's sort of like you're always going to set your the, the person that you are trying to protect. You're always going to set them up for failure because what I can tell is, you know how Bliss described herself as like a logical person? She's like, I'm really logical. So like for me to even be here and like doing this is like so outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. I think that she gets her logical side from her dad because he's very analytical. He's very, also he's very righteous, but maybe not about things that are like, shared righteously among others I think he's righteous in his own beliefs and he's just like he's used to being right and being I'm sure he's one of these dudes (laughs) I'm sure he's one of these dudes that like whether people think that he's right or they just fucking give up in his presence because he's such he's so stubborn that that it reinforces his belief that like my way of thinking and my view of the world is the law and he's just an annoying person to be around and share energy well, with. And from my practitioner lens, I see that as a protector part. I'm mm. like, there is this part of him that comes online that's like, I need to be right. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong because I know more than you. I'm older than you. I've been around this bush more than, you know what I mean? Like, and he has yeah. this like really contemptuous, condescending energy about him that is pro- trying to protect him from something. But here's here's where I really I and I want to call every like anyone who's listening to this who has experienced this 
you're going to feel very validated. And anyone who's listening to this who might catch themselves doing this, I want to lovingly call you out. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. Are we all strapped in? Are you guys strapped in? Because I'm going to say something that might make you uncomfortable. Buckled. My issue is that so many people are miserable in their marriages or their long-term relationships, and they feel the need to tear others down because and bring them into their misery right it's Mm. like kind of like uh hinting like hearkening back to what chelsea said last week to kwame like well welcome to marriage right sucks Mm -hmm. to suck right Mm -hmm. and it's like he is viewing bliss like bliss's father is viewing bliss and zach's relationship as an extension of him and his life and what he's been through Mm -hmm. instead of bliss Mm -hmm. is a different person zach's a different person they have different experiences than me they're different people they have different Mm -hmm. needs and values in relationship they're not meeting in the same way that he's met his partners that's for damn sure but literally every time and this is how this shows up just to like really shed light on like what i'm talking about here every time Bliss is like, you know, I take this seriously. I don't want to get divorced. He's like, but that's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up for that. That's what you're doing. Like he won't even let her finish her sentence and express to him why she feels she's making a logical grounded decision. Her father is way more committed in just shutting her down and saying, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is going to end in divorce. This is going to go up in flames. This is like, he just keeps trying to reiterate. And I truly believe that's coming because he feels that healthy, long-term, happy love is impossible. And he is trying to like pull that rug out from under her and be like, you think you're happy now? You think you're in love with this guy now? You don't know what you're talking about because I'm your dad and I'm older than you and I've been married and divorced and remarried. And it's just like, we need to stop that. And if you hear that from somebody, like know that that is a reflection of them and their life experiences and has nothing to do with you. And if you are the one that catches yourself doing this, that is a call to get curious about why you feel that way and why Mm. you think that when you are calling other people out on like, this is the negative road you're going down and and it's going to be miserable and it's going to end in divorce. Why do you assume that for them? Mm -hmm. You know what I was just thinking about? how uncomfortable it is to feel in your bones that you're right about something and not have it be uh like met and not have it be shared by the other person you know and i'm and i'm actually speaking to not to bliss in this moment though i'm sure she's experiencing her own version of that but to her dad like uh, like to your point calling in the people that maybe do this isn't it so uncomfortable to feel like you're right and have the other person that you're talking to not agree with you. Doesn't that suck? It does, doesn't it? It's okay. Mm -hmm. It sucks. It's uncomfortable. And it's okay. It's not going to hurt you. Yes. People are going to make the choices that they're going to make. And they're going to believe what they want to believe. And like, unfortunately, we don't live in the world in which, because I think I'm right about this particular issue, topic, choice, feeling, weather, whatever, it just it, it not everyone's going to get on board and we have yeah. to start being a little bit more comfy cozy with that yeah i think there's also a way like if you feel the need to communicate it because the information's going to benefit that's the other thing is like he was just cutting them down he wasn't offering any advice or or beneficial information he was just like it's not going to work that's what you're doing to yourself like it was so negative in that way 
I encourage you to lead with love and wrap the message up in love because he could have been like, Bliss, I'm happy for you that you found this guy and you think this guy is a great match. There is a part of me that is anxious and is curious to know if you're setting yourself up for failure here. So I want to voice that. So I'm curious, like, what are you guys doing to ensure you're setting up a solid foundation to your relationship? Like that could have been a way where he would have like been able to voice his concern honor how his daughter's feeling, but still get the questions answered that are fueling his concern, right? That's mm -hmm. great, A. Mm -hmm. I, I'll tell a story. I did this to a girl who, my, one of my best friends, I was a bridesmaid in her wedding, and I did not like the guy she was getting married to for a million reasons, because she had sent me screenshots of the way he's talked to her in the past and all this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, this was all way, like, this was years ago, but in 2018, but I remember being like, I, when she asked me to be a bridesmaid, I pulled her for a chat and I sat her down and I was like, I love you so much and I'm so happy that you're happy. And I wouldn't in the right mind be able to stand next to you on your wedding day if I didn't just let you know some things that are concerning to me. Because she also was a single mom. So this wasn't just her. This was also her kid that I was concerned yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. And yeah. I just listed, I was like, look, based off of these screenshots of text messages, I just want you and this person to seek the help you need to have better conflict resolution because this, if he's talking to you this way, I don't want him talking to your daughter this way. And mm. that's it. And I love you. And if you want me to be in your wedding, great. I will be there for you. I voiced my shit. The rest is up to you. Mm -hmm. And she, we have, I was there on her wedding day. It was a great time. We had a beautiful great. time. Everything's great. like, you know, but like for me, that's how I handled that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like we we can have our feet in both buckets, right? We can have our feet in the I don't think this is going to go well and I still love you and want to support you and marry those two conversations, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's very clear that Bliss's dad has never really been able to do that for her or seen the value in trying to do that for her for his daughter who is a full-blown adult um yeah. and and it creates the reaction that we're seeing from Bliss, which is a sort of mirrored, uh, like further grounding in what her position is because, well, yeah. I, that's probably really helpful for her, but I wonder if for the sake of just not giving in to her dad, who desperately wants probably everyone around her, around him to give in to him and see things his way, Maybe sometimes she's overcorrected by just being like, I will not even take anything that you're saying because right. he is so annoying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, but you really just see her. I mean, I, I thought she handled it really well. She was super calm and she was she just did. like, thank you for sharing what you, how you feel. I mean, but she's also being a little facetious when she says that. Um, yeah, she kind of goes into a a little bit of gray rocking where she's like, okay, dad. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like she kind of mm -hmm. just is like, let's sh shutting it down in her own way. Um, but poor Zach. I really felt for Zach and I could tell, like, I wonder how other, I wonder so how nervous. other people, I know he was so nervous and like, he starts on about his like little law spiel. And it's one of those, there's one of those moments that I recognize that I've done in my own world where it's like you're you're giving someone like all of this information. You're giving someone basically a dissertation on information that they did not ask for, that they did not ask about, but you're just like talking because you're like you want to fill the space. I just felt yeah. from him, and I and I wonder if other people have notes about like like feeling 
annoyed or whatever, something negative about Zach in this moment. And to me, I only, I only continue to give him credit because I know that that was just his best effort to try to meet the moment and (laughs) show up. And he's like, this person who's giving him nothing, he's like, Bliss's dad is giving him nothing. All he's doing is showing up and being like, I'm dad. It's time for you to impress me and tell me all of the ways in which you're going to be a good partner. And Zach is literally freaking out. And he's just like, uh, uh, guess I got to tell you my philosophy on why I'm in litigation law. And, (laughs) and I just feel for him. Because, like, and then, but then people wonder why. Again, this really feels like Micah's friends. People wonder why. They're like, I didn't like that version of your your boyfriend or your partner in that moment. It's like, yeah, you didn't do a goddamn thing to help them, bro. Like, help a sister out. Ask him a question. (laughs) How'd you decide you want to be a lawyer? Why did Bliss get it? Like, literally, he gave Zach nothing. Um, Nothing. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's great. Like, it was really hard to watch, but hey, yeah. whatevs. Hey, All right, happened. Kwame and Chelsea. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Kwame meets Chelsea's... Okay, a couple things that we're going to talk about. Kwame meets Chelsea's uh, mom's side of the family. Kwame tries to contact his mom to, like, address the wedding. Chelsea checks in with um, Kwame about how he feels about getting mom support or maybe not getting mom support. Kwame continues to sort of process in his own world, like the, the sacrifices that he's making to like be in Chelsea's world, essentially. And finally we have a boudoir shoot, but before we get into those things, that's the roadmap before we get into those things, the shopping experience, I need to talk a little bit about. Okay, let's talk about it. It's so awkward. Yeah. Sorry, I'm literally so screaming. Awkward. I can hear no, my scream. own voice. <laughs> but I can hear my own voice in your mic because <laughs> I'm screaming yeah. so loud. No, Dustin, uh, D- Dustin, when I recorded a podcast with him the other day, he said the same thing. Um, but yeah, sorry. I'll just lean way back here. Um, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay because I'm just, I, I felt so strongly about how awkward it was. No, it was. It was so awkward. So, I'm um, first of all, let's just like have a fun little question. Have you been shopping with a partner before? Have you done? Yeah, that? I have. I have. Um, but but not like not like fancy like we're like the the fanciest place that I've ever gone shopping with a partner outside of window shopping in in fancier places. That the 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 it was an unspoken agreement that no one was going to be spending money in this place. Um, uh, was like urban outfitters and like thrift stores it with the right partner i love it with someone who doesn't enjoy shopping and feels burdened by me like perusing and like taking my time a little bit and just like messing around if if they're i would rather do it without them yeah that's how i feel what about you the only i can only remember going shopping with a partner once like actually shopping and he was trying shit on and I was sitting outside and he and this actually this was before we were even partners we were just friends at the time we ended up dating mm-hmm. like six months later but like he, we were there because he was like I need to look cute because I'm trying to get myself a girl and I was like all right I'm a girl I'll let you know what I think looks good and doesn't look good wow. but that was literally the only time I can think of that I've been shopping did you like with did you like guy. being in that role no you didn't what why didn't you like it 
I don't know. I would need to sit with that question. I think because like I felt like a mom instead of like a friend, uh, you know, yeah. um, I think I think it would be fun to go shopping with a partner if we like had an occasion we needed to like get something for together. And we both were mm. like, like the what's coming to mind is like, like, let's say it was a black tie wedding. It was like, oh, shit, I need to go get something. Let's go get something together. Let's make it a fun afternoon. And like, mm. I'll try stuff on you. Let me know what you like best. You try stuff on. I'll let you know what I like best. Like that, I could maybe see it going well. But like, I'm already, as you know, like I'm working on my relationship with shopping and my own style currently. So right now, that feels more of a challenge than an enjoyable thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just curious what your experience yeah. was like. No, I, I really, I really like it. And 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 even if it wasn't for me, the idea of like shopping with a guy that is like interested in like trying to find stuff, I love. Like, I yeah. I want to sit in that chair and be like, yeah, come out, like show me, like yeah. what are we what are we working with? Yeah. But I, I yeah, it's just different. I do. I've been so. The one, Kayla, shout out to Kayla. I know you don't listen to this podcast. I still love you so much. <laughs> I love shopping with Kayla because she is like, first of all, her energy is so like, woohoo, just to begin with. But mm-hmm. then she is so, she like, she's like a fucking hawk. She'll see something and she'll be like, oh my God, Alex, try this on. This will look so good to you. Oh my God, Alicia, try this on. And it's just mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah. Like, I yeah. love that. I That's love very someone supportive. who's like, very supportive. Yeah. Yeah, so shopping with girlfriends can be great, but a guy, yeah. I don't know. I haven't experienced it, just saying. Yeah, we'll totally. See. We'll see what happens in the future. Okay, so okay. while they're shopping, though, they have a really big conversation. They're also starting to from about. totally different pages because it's really weird. Like, Kwame, obviously, like, they had, like, an uncomfortable conversation that gets brought up at their shopping experience. But he's like, he's like, okay, so something happened this morning. It was really uncomfortable. He's in his feelings at this, like, shopping date. And Chelsea is, like, so blissfully unaware that it was actually irritating to me. I agree. She, like, went up to him. She was like, hee, 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 I'm having so much fun with you. And I'm like, Are you do you think he's having fun? Him. Yeah. <laughs> it really felt like she was choosing to not see or give into it. I really... It felt icky. It felt icky. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I knew. I don't know Kwame like Chelsea does. And I knew just watching him stand there looking at the rack. Like, that he, just in his body language, he was like, wah, wah. Yeah. And she's in the space with him. And instead of acknowledging the want, want energy and being like, hey, babe, I'm noticing you're kind of in a funk. Anything you want to talk about? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. I can hit pause on this. I don't need to go try these really cool leather pants on right now. Like, <laughs> let's go sit. You know? Yeah. And she did it. She was just like, oh, my God, wouldn't these – do I look cute? Tell me I look cute. And he's like, yeah, yeah you look beautiful. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't Okay. I didn't and like I, think, I had a really big issue with it. <laughs> I think that I've, I don't think I, I, I have a feel, I have a pretty good hypoth, hypo, 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 yeah, 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 try it again. As try to again. why <laughs> she did this, because her fight response comes out zero to a hundred in a hot second later. Okay, tell me why. I think she was purposefully ignoring Kwame's energy and trying to just like bulldoze him with Elle Wood's version of Chelsea because she mm. 
she didn't want to have the conversation on camera about how she started the morning for them. I didn't think she wanted that because when he does bring it up, her first thing is, is this throw Chelsea under the bus time? Because I can throw you under the bus. Are you ready? That's what she said to him. Yeah. So I really think that that statement blew the whistle on exactly why she didn't want to acknowledge his discomfort. Okay. Before we talk about their big conversation, which I know we need to get to, but this is really interesting that you pointed this out. The, the awareness that I did not consider of the cameras, which duh, Brianna, um, and how Chelsea wants to be presented in this experience because they had a fight off camera. Or they had a weird conversation off camera. Kwame's bringing it on camera. And whatever that motive is for him, I don't know. It could be genuine of like, this is honestly what's going on. Or it could be weirdly motivated by something else I have no idea about. Chelsea, I agree with you. Purposefully ignoring it. Not She wants mm-hmm. the shopping shot. She doesn't want the shopping shot turned into blowout conversation and it's fitting in with a theory of mine that I had at the end of the the next episode which is sometimes and I didn't put this together with your observation but what I thought was sometimes Chelsea is so deep that it reads fake really fake and now I'm like oh my god it is fake sometimes because she really wants the narrative that she's pushing, that this is like, boom, stars, sparkle, rainbows, electric. Yeah. Perfect. Wow. Wow, 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 wowie, wowie. Wowie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could run a mile right now. (laughs) I feel on fire. Like, so this week, we have this concept of like spiritual bypassing, where it's like people who use spirituality to uh, um, kind of cover or mask their own toxicity and like traits. And it's like, yes. yes. And so it's like, I, from what Chelsea has shared with us, I do think she's done a lot of healing work on herself. I do think she has the right intention and right mindset. I don't think she's loved on her protector parts enough because I think someone who has a relationship with their protector parts and their own ick is going to not shy away from like, of course it still feels uncomfortable as fuck. Let me just say that, but they're not going to shy away or be terrified of people knowing about their ick because the reality is, is we all have ick. We all have mm. red flags. We all have our own unhealthy traits. But when we can say that doesn't define me and it's not internalized shame, right? We can show up and say, these are my, you're right. Like I did something that wasn't kosher this morning. I, I was in a mood. I passively, aggressively took that out on you. I'm really sorry. I started your day off in a shitty way. How can I make it up to you now? Do you want another chocolate covered strawberry? Right? But because... Chelsea, this is still a wound and that protector part is still very much in that like fight response here. What that shows to me is this protector part is internalized shame as well. It's like, I'm not allowed to be that. So I need to hide it and I need to cover it up and I need to make sure no one sees it and you're not allowed Mm. to talk about it and you're not allowed to call me out on it. And that's Mm. why, you know what I mean? That's all of that in one sentence comes up for me with her. Yeah, that's so interesting. And 
I believe it's probably true. <laughs> like, I really believe that. I will never get confirmation on it because we're speaking really into a vacuum over here. I really just want to do some parts here. work with Chelsea because, like, yeah. I think she's fully capable of doing it. And so totally. I don't think this is, like, Chelsea's a bad partner or she's doomed to fail. I don't think it's that. I think no. this is just showing a mirror at the parts of herself she still has to love. And I don't think it reads like symptoms of a personality disorder, which we no. are often seeing in, in shows like this because of the type of person that it attracts for the fame and exactly. notoriety. Yep. Like it's not reading uh, like symptoms of, of that. It's just self-work. Defensiveness. Yeah. It's yeah. defensiveness coming up because of this internalized shame around I can't be that because I am bad if I am that. And it's like, girl, right. I'm just a human. Right. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Right. <laughs> and what Kwame was asking her to do was to just be aware of how like that tone comes across because right. he's he's not he's not taking issue with the fact that she was in a bad place this morning but he was trying to take inventory and and get curious with her and she in a contemptuous way sort of like passive aggressively like spits back at him yeah. and he's just like hey I'm just trying to tell you that that's not helpful and right. it causes a reaction from me and she was just yeah. like unwilling to 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 sort of see from his perspective so I wish that she could sort of shift into that receptive, like, oh my yeah. gosh, okay, I hear what you're saying. That's maybe, uh, yeah. there would have been a little bit of clarity, but unfortunately what it kind of puts Kwame even more into, which is uh, 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 an evidence of his own parts work coming up as well. But his belief that like this relationship should just be like easy all the time and never be the source of stress. He says something like, I want us to be each other's peace. peace. And I understand what he's saying when he says that because it would be really amazing. And we want relationships to be a place where peace can be found and sourced and cultivated. However, it will not be that way 100% of a time, 100% of the time and that should not be the expectation and standard of your relationship. Like sometimes the stress of which you experience is actually going to be derived from your relationship. It's indicative of, of a challenge that should be addressed and sort of worked through. But to expect that your relationship is never going to be stressful or the source of your stress that you feel as an individual is living in fucking la-la land, which is why I believe that he finds himself fantasizing about other connections like Micah's. And I think if it's not Micah, it's going to be other connections where he's just like, it's so easy, it's so this, it's so that. Like, see, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking to feel like this. It's like, yes, dog, that will feel that way in relationships that aren't real relationships. It's just the heat of a connection in a moment, in mm -hmm. a vacuum. Yeah. In a vacuum. In a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just to be really clear, like the conversation that, because this is something that every couple I think has been through. So the conversation that we're alluding to right here was Kwame says in the morning, he oh, noticed yeah. Chelsea was feeling off and he was like, are, are you okay? And Chelsea responded and was like, do I look okay? Mm -hmm. Do I sound okay? Mm -hmm. And, and that 
is the sarcastic response that he is saying like, hey, that wasn't helpful for me. And I think this stems from a lot of, I think a lot of people will say this, say that to their partners, like, do I sound okay? Do I look okay? Like, obviously I'm not okay. And you're going to ask me that I'm not okay. How dare dare you, you? right? (laughs) It's like, we, we need to understand that our partners aren't mind readers, right? Mm -hmm. And that when they ask us that, it's not because they're idiots or that they can't tell. They're trying to open the floor for us to be vulnerable with them. That's what Kwame is trying to do here. And so many people can interpret that as you want me to just voice to you that like, I'm not okay. Like you want me to be like, yeah, nope, I'm not okay. And the answer is, yeah, that's literally what they want you to do. Mm. Because you responding Mm -hmm. and being like, do I sound okay? That's only inflammatory. So, you know, when we ask our partners that, and if you are being asked that, if you are feeling icky, it would be way more beneficial for you to to almost be self-deprecating in this moment and be like, you know what? When you asked me that, I really wanted to say something nasty. Like, do I sound okay? Because the answer is no, I'm not sounding great. And I'm kind of feeling icky and irritable right now. Like, yeah. It would be way more beneficial for you to to admit what you what the knee jerk response could have been in with a tone of humor and kind of like, nah, like I'm not I'm not doing well, because that's really what your partner's looking for is honesty. Yeah. 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 He's trying to open the floor up so that you guys can talk about it. He wants to explore what's going on. But but having this response of do I look okay? that's going to send your partner backwards and away from you and be intimidating uh, or intimidated rather. And like, okay, great job. You've created even more distance between you and conflict resolution. Mazel tov. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. not effective. I'm really also, I just want to say this again, Kwame, like, bro, I feel you. I, f- I get it. I get you're sacrificing a lot. And if staying in Portland was that much of a deal breaker, why the fuck are you going on a show where everyone's from Seattle? Like, what? And why aren't you bringing that up before you propose to Chelsea or Micah in the pods? Because guess what? Micah would be having the same conversation with you that she's having with Paul about Arizona. So it's just like, y'all, like, if you have deal break, everybody that listens to our show, everybody, this is a call to action. Okay. (laughs) If you have deal breakers, like I need to live in this area and you know that your person, that person you're dating right now is not open to moving to that area. What the fuck are you doing? You are wasting so much time and energy and you're wasting this other person's time and energy. So I'm using location, but like fill in the deal blinker, deal breaker blank. Like, yeah. (laughs) What is it for you? Fill in the deal blanker. Fill in that deal blanker. (laughs) Yeah. Did I say feel? <laughs> Phil. Yeah. <sighs> Listen, we can't speak because this is true. It's like, know what it is that are your hard line knows. Uh, keep it to a minimum, please. But be yeah. real with yourself. Shouldn't be a laundry list. Yeah. Yeah. Be real with yourself. Get really familiar. It, like, I will not date someone that does not eat meat. I am not interested in making two dinners for a person that may not have meat on their diet. If that is your deal breaker, stop going out with vegetarian and vegans. Stop doing it. Yeah. Know yourself enough. Yes. Oh, they're hot. I I don't care. 
No. And this Sorry. can like you got to really be honest. You got to really be honest with yourself in like what what matters and what doesn't matter because like Bree just said they're hot. That is not going to sustain a relationship. Great in bed, not going to sustain a relationship. We Makes might not money, be hot forever. Not going to stay in a relationship. Like I'm hot like, right now, but I don't know how long I'm going to be hot for. I'm just I'm just calling it. I'm I don't know. I have a feeling you're going to be 80 and people are going to still be catcalling you. Oh, it's going to be that's the thing. That's amazing. Maybe at yeah. 80, I will actually want to be catcalled. So we're putting that out in the world. No. Yes. Yeah. For real, though. It's like, it's, you're so I hate right. It. Like, that's I hate like it. And then at some really point, want. no. And, and, and then, like, uh, more middle-aged women are say this all the time they're like oh my god i wish i was getting catcalled i wish and i'm like love the harassment i don't think that we should love the harassment i think that we should solve the harassment issue agreed yeah however i understand what you're saying queen and i feel you and i see you and i validate that yes you are invisible to the world and that fucking sucks yeah okay let's get back to kwame and chelsea yeah 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 yeah. why are you apologizing (laughs) i don't know I okay I have to admit something you guys I did I did something that we talk about on here to not do all the time and I did it the other night and I want to be really honest with everybody I I started crying and I was like I'm sorry and then I was like no I'm not I was like I was like no I'm not and then I I finished and like I told the rest of what I was trying to express while I was crying and then at the end I was like thank you for holding space for my tears yeah but at first I, there was a part of me that was kind of mad i'm like bitch you tell people not to apologize for crying all the time and you just did it and then i was like it's okay we're gonna fix it and here's the thank you version of it yeah yes here's the thank you of making space for me no i but like yes like we tell each we tell each other we tell our clients to like not apologize for making for for taking up space in whether it's our emotional response or just our opinions or our feelings or whatever um, and that doesn't mean that we are, uh, perfect, perfect at that. No. Like I, I, we We're say not. it because we know that people need to hear it and we ourselves need to hear it a lot. Yeah. So yes. Okay. All right. They also, Kwame, well, Kwame meets, uh, Chelsea's, Chelsea's fam. family and like, they seem like really lovely people. Um, yeah. I appreciated, I, I do appreciate how Kwame's trying to show up and be vulnerable with, uh, sort of where he comes from and and just noting noting the differences between like his family and her family like i i appreciate that they validate or i'm sorry i appreciate that they're reinforcing like this is a family that gets together every week and kwame is like i never had that but he's also validating his own experience he's like i don't think that that was bad um but i do like it's just how we got on it's just how we lived um, I like that he didn't compromise his own history just to fit in with what he's learning are Chelsea's family values. So true. Great point. Love that. And I can appreciate that Kwame's dealing with the internal battle of feeling like I got to give up a lot in order to fit basically into Chelsea's life. And I do think ding, 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 like he is, well, I do think that he needs to deal with some of this stuff where it's like, do you want to be in this or not? Like, is this a relationship for you or not? I do think he's kind of right in that Chelsea's sort of setting up the standard of like, it's my, like, we're doing things my way, homie. And I just need her to take a beat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It... 
we're never going to be able to call the shots in our relationship 100% of the time. And the day that Chelsea realizes that is going to be really painful. (laughs) Because she has to be way more comfortable with compromising. I do think Kwame already knows he doesn't want to do this based off his body language with her. Um, There are a couple shots where, like, I just watching them be together where he is, like, pulling away from her slightly instead of, like, leaning into her fully. Um, And so just based off of that, I think Kwame already knows he wants to say no, but he is not telling her that. I think he might be trying to make it work. I also have read in that article I sent you a while ago, it says in there that they're not allowed to say, they're not allowed to call it off before getting married, although they let Zach call it off with Irina. But then he I mean, also immediately got engaged with Bliss. So it's just like, they'll I don't do know it how for the plot. Of, they'll, they'll allow it to right. happen for the plot. Yeah. But like, I really don't, I don't think Kwame wants to say yes at all. And I think when he goes into the boudoir shot and he starts to express like, you know, the good outweighs the bad. I think if he was really feeling that way, we'd see a lot more warmth in his body language towards Chelsea. And I think we would see a lot less confliction, you know? I have a prediction though, because I agree with Tell you. Me. I think internally, if he was being totally fucking honest with himself, he would not say yes to this wedding. However, I think he'll probably say yes because I can see the show setting, like laying all of these Easter eggs to make us think that he's going to say no and then which he actually says yes. Like I think Netflix wants the audience to be like, hey, this might not work out. And then we're all going to be like, (gasps) they say yes. But I think that what they're airing, yeah, but I think what they're airing is actually probably like Kwame's inner voice finding its way on the outside and he probably should just honor it. But yeah, we'll see. I just don't think he's really into it. I think it's too much. So let's go to his conversation with his mom. My heart really went out to him Mm -hmm, over mm -hmm, this. mm -hmm. Because I, yeah. I get it. Um, mom's been dodging his, his, Kwame's mom has been dodging his texts and his phone calls. And so we see Kwame trying to call his mom to talk about what's happening with Chelsea and the wedding and all this stuff. Ring goes to voicemail. Ring goes to voicemail. He calls his brother Jerry. And he asks, he's like curious to know if mom's like talked to you at all about this stuff. And Jerry's like, no, she hasn't talked about the wedding and by the way, you know, it's when mom makes up her mind about something, she makes her mind up about something, but you need to do what's right for you is what his brother says. And I agree with that. Like, you know, I understand the desire to have our parents validate and support our relationships, but especially like in the case with, I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something with no fucking ground to say it on, but I I'm going to fucking you. say it anyway. Yeah. I, I'm based off of what I'm seeing with Kwame and his relationship or lack thereof with with Kwame. It really sounds like his mom isn't out to be in Kwame's corner. How much proof do I have of that? Fucking next to nothing, other than what I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I bring this up is it's very familiar to me to have you know familial units in your life that um, care less about being in your corner and supporting you and loving on you and prioritize their own agenda in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for some parents out there, that means not seeing your kid happy. (laughs) Like, yeah, totally. So 
with that being said, I'm going to, I'm getting a little emotional, so we're just going to leave it at that. But with that being said, there's a part of me that is, is I think Kwame is anxiously attached and wanting and desiring the support from his parent, thinking that that's going to soothe his anxiety. And really, it's not. And additionally, if we're seeking that kind of validation or approval or support from someone who doesn't absolutely have our best interest in mind and value our happiness and value our lives outside of themselves and what what you can produce for them, it's not the person you should be chasing the validation and approval from. Totally. Okay, I see what you're saying. He feels uncertain about moving forward with Chelsea. All parts of him are firing off at the same time. And they're conflicting. Some of them say, hell yes, she's your woman. That's your lady. Good job. You'll have a great life with her. And then there's other parts of him that say, not sure about this. Feels like I'm giving up a lot. Don't know how this is going to pan out. What's going to happen? Should this be different? Should this be easier? Should this feel better? So on and so forth. And all the while, he hasn't gotten any sort of support or endorsement from his mom, who has played a really active role in his life, his whole life. And he's looking to her, you're saying he's looking to get her support, which would just be about the wedding and the process and what's going on, but also sort of this like, this symbol of it's okay, move forward, go forward, say yes. But he's not getting that. So he's feeling a little fucked up and lost and like not sure where to go. And what you're saying added to it is like, if she's, if she's not, willing to do to like get over her own differences with it to see that he's happy she wouldn't be the best person for him to put all of that responsibility on anyway right yeah gotcha yeah and like even in my own story like I I'll say this is another parallel to this is like you know, in a previous relationship, that was great. Introduced them to unhealthy parent. Unhealthy parent at first was like, because I was unsure of the relationship and they were like, they're so great. You should be with them. You're a psycho for not being into it. Then all of a sudden I was into it. And then the next thing the same parent said to me is like, I don't know, that wasn't the person that I envisioned you with for your life. And like, da 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 and this is not good enough. And that's so when I shared this story to a dear friend of mine, they were like, it really seems to me that this parent is always going to say the opposite thing of what you're feeling to cause you doubt, to cause you questioning, to cause you, they just don't want to see you happy. So anytime yeah. you come to them vulnerably, they're always going to say the opposite thing because they yeah. want you to feel on the outs. Right. And, right, and right. I'm curious to know, like, if it's a similar situation with Kwame, you know, mm. and I don't, I, like I said, we don't know. I don't know his mom. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting very little, obviously. That's but we but we do know that like Kwame's struggling and he's looking for support and he, it doesn't seem like he's got a whole lot of it. Like I really feel for him in this yeah. these two episodes in general because the person that he has access to bringing to his suit fitting is like another dude that he met on the pod in the pods like 25 days ago. So yeah. for me, I'm feeling for him because I'm like none of his family are available or around. None of his friends from Portland are available or around. None of his friends from anywhere else are available or around. Like, he's really, like, it. now it makes sense why he's done so much, um, like, outward processing with all of the other guys on the show because he, well, he talks to process, which, like, me too, dude. Like, um, I, I share yeah. that with you. Um, 
but he's talking to people that don't know him super well. Yeah. So it's hard. I feel or for where him. he comes from and like what he's been through. And I think yeah. that like all of that, like there's so many layers to us humans and it's like yeah, there's I really feel for Kwame. Like I really do. At first, there was a part of me that's like, "You're a grown ass man. Like wake it up." But as I like continue <laughs> to like see aspects of the familial stuff and where he's what he's been through and like what he's currently navigating because what we're seeing now isn't out of left field. Like this is normal for their family, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, "Ooh, that's an Easter egg to pay attention to." Um yeah. I feel for him. I feel for him. And I just, I want him to make the decision that's best for him. And I want him to feel into that so badly. And like, yeah, and what your brother has to say, or your mom or anybody else, you get to choose. And I think what's getting reinforced every time, every, like the narrative that's getting reinforced as the show progresses is like doing stuff. Chelsea's opinions and values and the things that she wants in life are so loud which I love that for her as an individual but I think it's a little bit um uh dismissing of how Kwame's voice is getting lost in the sauce here right so like even the boudoir shoot is like and now that we sort of unpack this other stuff I'm like is this is a boudoir shoot something she's always wanted since she was a child or is this something that she just wants to have because she has the opportunity to like be sexy on camera. I don't fucking know. I am, my brain is so mishmashed, but what I think is like the, the narrative that's being reinforced is like what Chelsea really wants is the most important thing. And I don't think that she wouldn't be receptive to what Kwame wants, but like he's having a hard time getting it on the surface and for her to like get, like, yeah. like, like ha- hold it, make space for this it. This is and- also. This is also where I would want Chelsea to lean into the work because also what I feel we're seeing is like she opened up about, you know, the last one I lived with my previous partner, I didn't have anything. So I have my own space and now it's all pink and it's all mine. And now I think this inner vow that she subconsciously made to herself is like, I will not. We will not be compromising. (gasps) And so now... In this relationship, she she doesn't realize she's, she's self-sabotaging here because she's trying to stay true to herself, and she should. And yeah. the reality is that when you bring someone else into your life, they need to also be, have a voice and have a say. And so I think she needs to understand, like, she was way far on one spectrum where she probably was, like, super chronic people pleaser and, like, never asserted herself. Now she's so asserting herself as a reason to not go through the same traumatic experience she went to, but she doesn't realize that that's not serving her either. So we need to find that balance. She's overcorrected. Yeah, she's overcorrected. Gotcha. Okay, okay, okay. That was so useful, and we have to move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's okay. move on to the big, the wait, wait, boom. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. We forgot oh, about oh. little Paul and Micah. <laughs> the okay. only thing that I need to say, the only thing that I need to say is... Uh, we know Paul is starting to open his mind open to the idea of spending time in Arizona. Great. He probably should. This is clearly important to Micah. Why it's so important to her, we've yet to learn. We really get, like, nothing of their stuff, which is why you and I have, like, zero notes. The only thing that I'm going to say, and this is not even, like, a no, it's not a criticism, it's actually just a moment of, like, reflection and appreciation, is Micah's wedding dress moment with her mom Again, we know nothing about Micah's everything until like big bombs are dropped. And then I'm like, whoa, 
that's hella relevant. Hello, did we learn? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Are you... I do, but I just love how you said that. That's so cute. That's hella it's just, relevant. Like, it's so what? fucking relevant. And it's like, like, I feel like Netflix, like, refuse it. Like, they just want to smack Give us me the, in the meat face. and potatoes. I know. And I'm like, oh my God, like, take me out to eat first. Jesus. So what happens is, like, we're in this dress fitting. Like, never once did we learn that Micah's mom was sick. Like, yeah. terminally ill, it seems. Like, that would have been very important information to, like, her character story. Are you fucking for real? Why am I... Why is this episode 10 and I'm just learning that her literal mom did not know if she would be alive today? That feels very important. Yeah. To Micah's everything. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. throw up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, I I put the same note down about Kwame. I was like, wow, I'm learning way more about Kwame <laughs> when he talks to Chelsea's mom than I've ever, like he had a pet squirrel. I didn't realize he didn't move to America until he was eight and lived in Ghana before. I like I didn't know sh jack shit about any of that. I want to like, know more about the pet fuck. squirrel. I want to know his name. <laughs> No, probably not. What's his name? Like, how did we, how, like, I know that you can kind of have squirrels and, like, chipmunks and stuff, like, come back to your space if you, if you like, give them nuts yeah. every day. Like, they'll, they'll continue. So I wonder if that's how he fostered the relationship. And Chelsea's mom was like, so cute. cute. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say about Micah's situation is like Shelby's here now and has a complete change of attitude towards Paul. Like, so we literally see Shelby on camera last time telling Micah, I'm not about it. Doesn't approve. And now she's at the dress feed fitting and she tells the camera and everybody else there, like, you know, I don't have a problem with Paul. I don't think he'll hurt Micah. You know? I it's know. just Micah Dude, can change I, on I, a whim. But and I I'm think like, I know that I paid attention to it. I was like, okay, girl. Micah and what's her name? Shelby. Shelby Y'all have some stuff in your relationship that you need to uncover. The two For of you real. are frenemies and I can smell it and it stinks. A mile. Way. yeah the two of you really need to work out the way that you that you Shit. hate each other but you are best For friends real. but also yeah. that exists i know people who have those relationships and if you're in one of those i'm so sorry but you need to fucking unearth the, the stuff or oh, leave the friendship no. because we can no longer tolerate best friends who actually secretly hate each other it is very bad for everyone involved i digress um, I, I was thinking, oh, wait, 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 but I was thinking about what you were saying about Shelby and Micah last week. And I think it was like very sponsored by alcohol. And I think that this moment, because there was maybe not as much alcohol, it's maybe that's why Shelby was able to be like, more supportive, different. Yeah. Girl, if that's the side coming out with alcohol, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. We got stuff. Everyone's got stuff here. Oh, okay. all of us have stuff. Yeah. Speaking of wedding dress Ugh. fitting, Jackie is not at the fitting. She does not show. Bro. Right. So I want to, can I share this part of the story, even though it's not super relevant, but it's yeah. relevant to me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So all of the girls from the pods go dress shopping together. All the guys from the pods go suit shopping together. And so... The girls show up, and I guess it was a surprise to everybody that Jackie didn't show. Tiffany, being like the mom of the group, 
realizes Jackie didn't show and texts her man because her and her man actually have a fucking healthy relationship and talk about things and da 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 da. They're buddies. They're best friends. She is like, baby, Jackie didn't show. And Brett, being the guy he is, pulls Marshall and is like, just want to let you know, because Marshall showed up to his suit fitting. In Marshall's mind, they're trekking on. Brett pulls Marshall and says, Jackie didn't show for her fitting. And Marshall is completely blindsided by this and is like, yeah, okay, thank you for telling me. Yeah. Turn two, (laughs) next shot is Jackie in some kind of cafe coffee shop with Meeting up with Josh. Yeah. Everybody's least favorite person. Yeah. Pause. This is my fault because I brought us to the middle of their story. We should probably go back to where we began with them in episode nine which is, and I don't have many notes on this, just a big one about, okay, so like they've come home from Chelsea's, (laughs) but also Chelsea, Chelsea comes home. I'm sorry, Jackie and Marshall get home from Chelsea's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Marshall's trying to get from Jackie, like, Hey, what is it that you need from me? And she's like, I, I like really can't get into this anymore. Um, And he's like, okay, can you like give me examples? And she's like, Marshall, I'm trying to tell you like my brain is mush. I'm so tired. Like I can't talk about this. And like the things that I tried to tell you I needed more from you led to you leaving. So I'm not even trying to go there. I do take issue with like how, like I don't think that Jackie fully understands what she wants from Marshall. I don't think that she's prepared to be honest enough to just say that she doesn't like him. And I think that she's incredibly vague and he's just looking for clarity. And I totally understand why he's looking for clarity. However, if I could give Marshall a note here, when you're, yeah. par- when you and your partner are in conflict, I know that it's late and I know that there's so many people who are like, never go to sleep angry. Tough some cookies. Some horseshit. Yeah. It's nah. bullshit. Sometimes it you need to just go to sleep and let things lie. And that doesn't mean that you're going to feel good and it doesn't mean that you're going to have a great sleep that night. I don't care. You will do more damage if you try to like get to the root of a problem and get to a resolution before you go to sleep. Next thing you know, it's five in the morning. You have work at eight. Like you've just fucked yourself for the next day. Don't do that. No. She's expressing a boundary and he's like, not, not, not getting it. Yeah. Um, agreed. I, but I also think she expressed the boundary and then violated her own boundary, which kept Marshall. It's like, if you say that, reiterate it and then move, like go brush your teeth right? Like, baby, I love you. Not the night for this conversation. I have alcohol in my system. I'm sleep deprived. It's late. I'm not going to be able to think consciously right now. Let's hit pause tomorrow, probably after work, not before work, because I got to head out of here. I got work early. But tomorrow night, it's a date you and I will sit down and let's talk about some examples so I can equip you with like what I need in a relationship, right? Like at this point, she doesn't even want it. So, no, she doesn't even do want that. it. And she's making up bullshit excuses as to why. And then she's trying to set this boundary, but in a half-assed way. Then she goes into manipulative behavior, which I really didn't like. Because she's like, you have pretty eyes on you. It's like, what the fuck? Like, when she said that, I wanted to come through the TV. I'm like, 
what? Like you're yeah. you're pushing him away, and now you're gonna compliment him. It's like very it, off putting. It's super it was weird. really trying to. Well, it was trying to appease Marshall and and calm his anxiety by complimenting him to throw him off the trail of her being unplugged, which he was picking up on. Right. So that's my note about that conversation. But yep. going back to cafe, I also just want to take a moment and be like, y'all, if you're hungry. If you're sleep deprived, if it's late at night, if you have any substances, marijuana, alcohol, drugs of any kind in your system, these are not the times to have a conflict resolution conversation. Make sure you're fed, make sure you're hydrated, make sure you've slept, make sure you're sober AF, and then that is the time to be like, you know what, I'm in a good place. All of my survival needs are met, so I'm more regulated Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. not tripping or hangry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's discuss. Okay. Cafe. So funny. I just have, Cafe. I have to. I have to. Okay. She meets up with Josh, and I think that it's really interesting that Josh's Josh's tone and like the way that he's speaking to her is so different than the other night. And I I don't know him well enough to be like who which version of you is real, because the other one was very peacocking, and very I don't know I don't know what was going on with him, and then Drunkingly this one's very abrasive. Right, and this one's very like kind of sweet, but like fake, like, manipulative. Sweet. Yeah. So, and then um, I don't even know what happens. It's just kind of a whirlwind where he's sort of professing his love for. He literally tells her he loves her, and then he wants to be with her. And I think that Jackie is so desperate for love, but she wants a familiar kind of love. She doesn't want Marshall sonnet poetic justice kind of love she wants she wants a love that hurts and that seems really clear yeah well it's what she's used to and it's what she's familiar with yeah Yeah. um i actually have no notes on the jackie josh i'm looking through and i'm like i didn't take any i was just flabbergasted watching the conversation i will say my issue and i said this last week i'm gonna say it again josh says a lot without saying anything hmm he said his words are like jello it's like it's it looks enticing it sounds enticing it's sweet there's no fucking foundation or solidity like security in it you know Mm. it's like he's he's declaring love for her and it's like how do you know you love her like what do you know about jackie that you love her Right. Like, I understand you had this time in the pods, but like she literally chose Marshall. So why do you like tell me more? Right. And it just like it really I I don't like and that paired with the fact that every guy and every girl do not like him. This to me means he's a very highly manipulative, calculated person. Like Mm. if every if there is a flock of people that are like, we want to vote you off the island. That's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And Jackie is just putting her blinders on because what's familiar to her is being mistreated, explosive arguing, not knowing where you stand with someone. And because Marshall isn't into explosive arguing, wants to make her feel secure and wants to take care of her, she is literally turned off by that and way more attracted to, like a moth to a goddamn flame, this guy who Toxic she guy. ignites all of her inner wounds yeah Mm -hmm. but that feels like chemistry to her yeah 
And this is trauma bonding, y'all. Like, if you've heard about trauma bonds, if you've been in a tra trauma bond, I encourage you, if you're not watching this season, go watch this season and literally follow Jackie Marshall and Josh because this is textbook trauma bonding relationship forming. Um, it was bad. Yeah, it's it, uh, no, it? it's just an attachment style on display. Yep, for real. Every yeah. time, like this is this is what she's familiar with. That's why it's comfortable for her. It's why it's attractive to her. And it, Marshall, and it, it, it's it's fine. Marshall and her really aren't a match. Like I don't no. like they not not at this stage of their lives. And I do yeah. think that Marshall's like. I think that Marshall's to blame for over-romanticizing what Jackie's potential could be. We talk about Agreed. this in a framework of, uh, usually it's it's centered around like a female's perspective, dating men. Uh, like this message to women oftentimes has been, stop dating the potential that you see in that man mm -hmm. and start getting to know the man in front of you, which is very right. true and we really should keep that in mind. But same, all genders. All genders. Yeah, all genders very clearly because that's what Marshall's doing with Jackie. He like, he's been dating the potential. He's been dating the potential of Jackie since minute zero. And, and maybe she like presented a very different version of herself in the pods because she was maybe trying to, maybe she wanted to be dated. She, maybe she wanted to be the version of herself that she wants to be and having mm -hmm. space away from her stress and home allowed her to be that version of herself for a little while. But the minute that things started to get real, she wasn't that version of herself anymore. And then Marshall's like clinging to the person that he thought that she was at this time of her life. And she's yeah. just not, not that not. she can't be, but this is just where she is and the relationship that she has with herself and her exactly. stressors. So like, I know Jackie's getting a lot of flack, like, online about, like, how she presents in the show. And I just think that she's a person, like, like in processing. Um, and Marshall has done, has blinded himself to meeting Jackie in where she is in her life. I think he's yeah. tried in the, in the heat of the, the conflicts. But all of the moments in which he's just like, I'm so sure and I love this woman. That's when I'm like, you're in love with a version of her that does not exist in real life right now. Yeah. And that's where he fucked up. Yeah. Um, oh my God. There's so, I, we could have another hour long. Like there's so I know, many I can't. threads to pull out of this conversation. One that I do want to harp on because I think that this is um, a hopeless romantics dream and it's bullshit is that, you know, when you know, you know, feeling like I think that, yeah, it's like, y'all, we can't be chasing feelings. Mm. <laughs> Haven't you ever like we've also heard the saying, like, don't make a decision when you're emotional. Right. Or hungry. So it's like. Yeah, or hungry. Like we've we've heard we've heard these things and yet we literally chase relationships that make us emotional and don't realize like emotions are so fleeting. Like mm. you the like this whole idea of like I knew the moment I saw them, like no. Like it's mm -hmm. not fucking rooted in reality, mm -hmm. in fact. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. it's just not. We we can't anticipate and very similarly to what we were saying about like the right relationship will always be easy. That's not fucking true. Mm. And so Jackie is setting herself up for failure for a few reasons. Like one, having that mindset married with 
her own unresolved stuff that is subconsciously running the show and the relationships that she chooses to be in and the people she's attracted to. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. and Jackie, I want to, I want to also, I put hearts by this in my notes. Um, but Jackie at the very end of this crazy conversation with Marshall goes, I'm crazy. I probably need to do a lot of inner work. And I wrote, hell yeah, girl, do it. Heart, heart. Like that's exactly right. I don't think that that's what's going to happen, but yes, I don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen either, but she fucking knows. Like, she knows. And if you've caught yourself saying that and you still haven't done the inner work, I think maybe let's let Jackie's leading by example allow you and encourage you to do the work because it's so fucking beneficial. Um, And I hope she does. There's a part of me that's like shouting into a void, like, do it, Jackie, you got it. Um, And then Marshall... Yes, completely. He he has dated the potential of what he thinks he can create in Jackie, and that's just mm. not how human personal growth works. We have to want it for ourselves. Um, and so this whole, like, they go, it just, I really don't have much else to say other than that, because like I said, we could be sitting here, like, pulling threads out of this conversation. But moral of the story, y'all, is if you find yourself in a repetitive cycle of unhealthy relationships, pay attention to it and look inwards at what you think your part in that cycle is because that's yeah. how you start to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What are we ditching? Oh, probably that. Um, yeah, I would definitely ditch love dating potential. We have to ditch dating potential. We have to. Di- we have to ditch dating potential. I, a little micro ditch. When we have wounds from other relationships, cough, Chelsea, cough. Um, yes. Like, be aware of the overcorrecting that we can do that actually makes the next relationships not better. They actually kind of lead us to the same place, which is combustible. Yeah. What are you ditching? Um... I'm ditching feeling the need to reframe or correct my partner's moods and feelings. Mm. Um, We're not doing that anymore, folks. We are going to sit with them in their feelings and validate them. Yeah. And move through them with them. Yep. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Instead of good vibes only or this won't last forever, like we're going to put that away. Yep. If I hear love and light... Sorry, I'm out. I say that shit all the time, but kind of No, like... but I No, but like like love and light in sort of the in just the response to chaos and darkness yeah. that is real yeah. and valid. Um if it's yeah. if it's ironic, if it's like a playful, you know, love and light, love that. But like uh it's fine. We're just going to like love and light our way through and it's like no like this is real like we have to deal with this like we have to be in this moment there's purpose in being in this moment you do that a lot you know you described that earlier new uh full moon heaviness sit in it move through it yeah and then love and light yep 100 (laughs) percent. a white woman's guide to success love and light white woman's instagram yeah basically shout out yeah okay all Um, right bye oh we have a send off um (laughs) we do we need to say that thing um if you don't follow us yet on instagram and tiktok you should at ditch the script pod and leave us a rating and review before you close out this app that you're listening to us on just tap those stars tell us how much you love us 
Um, and then if you have a question you want us to answer, head to our website, ditchthescriptpod.com. And if you want to apply for a 30-minute session with us, ditchthescriptpod.com slash podcast. Yeah. And we'll see you on the next one. Love and light, bitches. Love and light, bitches.